Hey, welcome to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. You're listening to Robin Papworth. I'm a mum of three little ones, an exercise physiologist, developmental educator and early learning speaker. I'll be empowering you to set up engaging play activities to improve children's development, health and learning outcomes. Thank you for listening. I'm going to share an observation about visual tracking today. Now, visual tracking is a very specific motor skill that we look at, but the reason I wanted to share it with you today is I just wanted to give you some tips on how we can improve visual tracking at a time that I know that a lot of our children are on screen. So even as I speak, the reason why I have enough time to quickly record this podcast is my children are remote learning on an iPad for the next three hours, three hours for a little one on an iPad. Old me used to think how ridiculous. I'd never try and encourage that, but new lockdown version me is looking at, well, it's the inevitable. It's what's allowing them to currently connect with their education and um, with their friends. So I just wanted to talk about visual tracking, why it's important, why we want to find a healthy balance somehow between our children's current screen time and their ability to improve their visual tracking. Going back to the basics of what visual tracking is, it's the ability of the eyes, the muscles of the eyes to follow an object or to stare and focus at a stationary object. So there's two components to visual tracking. One is the object is moving, such as a car, a ball, and the other is the object is still, but the eyes might be moving. For example, a book is still, but the eyes move. It visually tracks from side to side. I had a really beautiful conversation with a lady one day after a session. I was talking about visual tracking and I was talking about how I'm seeing a lot of children find it difficult to look up in particular. Our ability to what we call upward gaze is, we, you know, we know the research is showing that's challenging for children with autism particularly because, for example, a baby when they're in your arms, if you're feeding whether it be breast or bottle, the baby will usually during the feed look up for social engagement. You know, you're giving the baby a nice feed and the baby looks up at you and goos and gars at you and makes your heart melt. And it's that upward gaze from the newborn that is what sometimes we're seeing we're missing in children with autism. So a particular client that I'm working with on Zoom at the moment it's encouraging him to follow my pencil topper through Zoom, <laughs> ironically, and try and get his eyes to look up without his chin lifting, without the, the rest of his head looking up. This skill is really important. It's going to be important when we drive. You know, we have to drive looking ahead but then look up towards our revision mirror without our head or our shoulders moving. We need it in the classroom because when we are taking notes from the whiteboard, we look up to see the information on the whiteboard or to see our teacher. Then we need to look down quickly to go back to the paper that's in front of us. So that look upward gaze is what I'm seeing is challenging for a number of children. And this teacher that I was talking to after a workshop one day is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure she was from China, I think where they have characters, but they write from top to bottom, where we write from left to right and we read from left to right. She was explaining to me that she reads, as a child, she read from the top of the page to the bottom in in lines was how she was describing it. So she finds it not too challenging to look up. That's, That's one of the skills, looking up and down. But she really finds looking left to right 
a challenge for her. She sort of um, told me that when she moved to Australia, reading was a real struggle for her, being able to see the gaps. And she was a teenager when she came to Australia. Being able to see the gaps in between each word was a challenge because that ability to retrain her eyes and her mind to visually track in a different direction was challenging. So it really made me think that it's not a skill that comes naturally for us. It's a skill that we need to practice, just like being able to throw and catch a ball, just like being able to hop on the spot. So what I'm trying to really look for now is chatting to families about, you know, I'm learning about different languages and how they write. I'm learning about other cultures where reading isn't part of their culture. So I've been working with a beautiful family from Ethiopia and they were explaining that you know, there's not usually a bookshelf in their home. They don't they don't tend to have books. Some families may, but this particular family were quite, you know, they came to us and saw these bookshelves and to them that was unique. So we need to sometimes not miss this really important skill that we call visual tracking. Um, and how we do that is I try and make it a part of their every day. So the way you could do that is you could just get a pencil put a pencil topper on top. The reason why I put a pencil topper on top is I want to have it interesting for my client with autism. I change it over from time to time. Sometimes it's a car or a princess. It doesn't matter what it is, but I try and change it so it's a bit more engaging. And all I do is I slowly move the pencil from left to right. I try and move it up and down, right to left. And what I'm trying to encourage is the head to stay still and just move the eyes. We want to practice that visual tracking of not moving the head and the eyes together. That's also called, you know, getting that hand-eye coordination happening. But I want to try and see how those eyes can move without the head moving. I also do activities where I hang a ball from the roof or I hold a ball on a string with my hand and I have it just above the child's eyebrow height. So they need to look up with their eyes, but it's not too high that they lift their whole head. And all I want them to do is firstly just tap the ball. So the ball's on a string. It's already got momentum and bounce. I want them to tap the ball forward and back, get momentum and keep visually tracking that ball. And then I want them to catch the ball with two hands. So stop the ball's momentum with two hands at the same time. So I'm starting to progress from visual tracking to hand-eye coordination. These skills, we think it's simple, but I'd really love for you to try it and see that a lot of children at the moment are struggling with it. Now, I don't blame screens, but I feel that screens are hindering that skill a little bit because if you think about it, when we play the PlayStation or, you know, my children this morning will be on screens for three hours, we are looking forward. You know, our vision is looking straight ahead. It's not typically reading or scanning from left to right. Our little iPad that's giving us that information, it's all in one view. We don't need to have to sort of scan from left to right like we would if it was a large book. So they're not typically scanning from left to right. We know that if they're looking down at their iPad, they're typically not upward gazing, they're not looking up. So my goal is we know that at the moment with lockdowns and the new lifestyle we have, that screens are inevitable. You know, I'm not saying goodbye to the screens. But what I am saying is have a healthy balance. So what I try and do after their session is we go out and play basketball. We go out on the monkey bars because I know when we're on the monkey bars, we have to look up towards the monkey bars. 
we tap a balloon around the house, we play beanbag games. I particularly get Hugh, because um, if you haven't heard my podcast before, my son Hugh's had a lot of difficulties with his core strength. So I do lots of activities in tummy time. Uh, his favourite is I help fold the socks and he throws the socks that I've folded into the basket, but he's in tummy time. So in that tummy time position, he has to raise his arms off the ground to throw the pair of socks and he also has to look up because he's in tummy time and the basket is above his eyebrow height. So those sort of activities where you know we're teaching children about household chores, that's always my favourite, but he's also getting those really important motor development skills. So if we think of visual tracking in a way that it's an important skill just like jumping, being able to sit still, being able to share with friends, you know, we need visual tracking in our everyday, then we can really help to improve children's success with literacy but also, of course, with life skills. So tomorrow, if you can, uh, grab that pencil, that pencil topper, and even as children come in for the morning or you say good morning to them, just get them to look left, right, up and down, follow the pencil. Uh, tap a balloon to them to you know say good morning I know in the morning uh, it can be a little bit busy in your classroom so if it's too busy that's fine just have a morning routine where you might say someone's name tap a balloon to them or tap a ball and then they go and wash their hands or say the child's name get them on their tummy get them to look up at you and tell you what card you're holding or what's in the book but I want them to look up ideally And then they go and get their drink bottle, whichever fits into your normal routine. And it's super quick, doesn't need to be long. It could be 20 seconds. 20 seconds of visual tracking today is better than what they got yesterday. So little tiny wins is what we achieve and even more so little tiny wins we're aiming for during this crazy year. So I just wanted to reach out and give you a little bit of information today and thank you for your patience. As I know, my podcast has lacked a bit of love over the last few months. If you have any questions about visual tracking, if you want to know more information, let me know. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under either Play, Move, Improve or my name, Robin Papworth. Thanks so much for tuning in and take care of yourself. You have been listening to Robin Papworth, exercise physiologist, developmental educator, speaker, author, mum of three from Play, Move, Improve. If you have enjoyed our content, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or on our website, playmoveimprove.com.au. Have a great day.